Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Good morning, Mount Calvary Nation and friends. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. This is the day the Lord has made. His word says to be glad and rejoice in it. And I am glad to be here this morning. Are y'all glad to be here? Hallelujah. Let's say hello to our Facebook family. We are so glad that you are here this morning. God is good. Amen. My scripture this morning will come from Psalms 105. And I'll read the first seven verses. And if you're able, would you stand for the reading of the word of God? Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always and remember the wonders he has done his miracles and the judgments he pronounced you his servant the descendants of Abraham his chosen ones the children of Jacob he is the Lord our God his judgments are in all the earth hallelujah to the reading of God's word Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, we thank you again, Lord, for allowing us to come together and worship you in spirit and in truth. God, we thank you for your mercy and your grace, Lord God, that you give us freely, Lord God. We don't deserve it, but you see fit to give it to us, God. And we thank you for your son whom you gave and for his laying down his life on the cross for our salvation. Now, Father God, we've came to worship you again in spirit and truth lord have your way today lord god have your way today lord god let your spirit run free in your place today god god i bless all the servants today the parking lot ministry the deacons the musicians the ushers father god bless the praise team as they come lord god and god you've given us an overseer a shepherd and we ask that you bless him as he brings the word of god to us today lord god let our ears be open and let our hearts retain what is spoken that we may live by it. And I pray right now in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior who gave his life on the cross for our reconciliation and our salvation. Jesus Christ, and can we say it together? Amen. Amen. So let's go ahead and do what the word says. Let's begin to proclaim his mighty works. Let's begin to proclaim his mighty works, what he's done in our lives, and what you've seen him do in other lives. Come on, let's do it. Even when we're at home, let's go ahead and do it. Let's proclaim his mighty works, the works that he's done. Let's proclaim his mighty works. Come on and open up your mouth and tell him thank you. Thank you for your mighty works. Thank you for everything you've done, oh God. You're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be worshipped and adored. You sit high, you look low. So you know everything that's going to happen today is still the day that you have made. 
We're going to rejoice and be glad in it because you're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be praised, oh God, yeah. Oh. We're going to write the word on the tablet of our heart this morning, amen. Come on, clap your hands.
Based upon your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.
awesome. Let's thank God for Miss Comstock and for her coming to the best decision that she will ever make in her life. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. You all may be seated. Let me make just a few observations at this point in the worship experience. First of all, welcome to those who are here worshiping with us. We're glad that you're here in the sanctuary. We're glad that you've chosen to worship with us um, and that you, uh, that you are in the building. We also have those worshiping with us who are not in the building, uh, those who are on Facebook Live. Uh, which camera should I be looking at? This one over here? Uh, does that... All right. Um, <laughs> to the ones who are on Facebook Live or who are on the website uh, who are worshiping with us virtually, you are welcome. We're glad that you've chosen to worship with us. Certainly, we thank God for the technology that allows us to worship together virtually while we're in this in-between time, and, uh, and certainly we're grateful for the people behind the technology who are making it happen. Uh, Mount Calvary Nation, there are, uh, there are a few families, there are a couple of families that I want us to keep in mind. Uh, Mrs. Anita Jackson passed this past week. Uh, would you keep Brother Larry Jackson and, uh, and their family in your prayers? Her funeral is going to be next Monday, the 7th, uh, the 7th of June, and, uh, and it will be a Mount Calvary funeral, but it will be at Mount Enon at 1130 on next Monday, the 7th of June. Also, uh, Mother Ruth Brown Hatcher passed. Um, she decided to donate her body um, to Wright State and, uh, and so the family is going to set a, a date for a celebration of life uh, a little later but would you keep uh, Miss Cookie and, uh, and Deacon McCleskey would you keep them in your prayers uh, I told you last week that Deacon McCleskey was in Grandview Hospital but he is now uh, in rehab and uh, I would that you would pray for him as well in his health um, Jalen Johnson is Jalen here? He's not here. Okay, uh, but his family is very proud. Uh, Grandma sent me some grades. He's an eighth grader at Decca Prep, and uh, let's see, language arts. He had an A plus. Language arts two, A plus. Math A, science A, physical wellness A plus, learning lab A plus, social studies A, advisory A plus. That's all A's if you were counting. And a GPA of 3.98. He's getting ready to be a freshman already at Decca High School uh, in the fall. If you see Jalen, uh, or you can shoot him a message on Facebook or shoot one to his grandmother or, grandmother or grandfather's account, they'll be glad to pass it on to him. Just tell him how proud you are of him. Congrats, Jalen. Um, good. I do want to thank uh, the Phoebe Ministry. Um, I told you last week that while we are in this, uh, while we're in this transition, while we're in this in-between time, um, we are only baptizing people from one household at a time, and uh, and they are availing themselves uh, weekly if necessary to make that happen. And I certainly appreciate their labor of love. Um, 
good. I think that's all that I have for now. We're going to go to Acts chapter 19. Uh, you can get ready and turn there, and the music ministry is going to come, and then we'll, we'll continue in worship as they come and get ready for our study of the Word. Come on. Right. It does not matter. It does not matter how big the 
so grateful that he takes such good care of us. Amen. All right. Acts chapter 19 is where we are headed. Uh, Acts chapter 19. Beginning reading at verse 1 from the King James Version of the Holy Scriptures. And here's how it reads. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. Acts 19, verses 1 through 7, you may be seated. Y'all forgive me, I feel a little strange. I took my... Uh, rings off to lotion my hands and forgot to put them back on. My wife and I didn't fall out or nothing like that. <laughs> For about a year and a half, the Mount Calvary Nation has been studying in the Word of God what it means to be the church. We have been on a mission. We've been on a mission to rediscover the church that Jesus built rather than to settle for what the church has apparently become which many would argue myself included that what most of us consider church today has very little to do with what Jesus was talking about when he said upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it saints it is important that we understand the church that Jesus said he would build because, first of all, it is a church that is victorious against all the strategies and the forces of hell. Jesus' church is always victorious, period. 
And then we must also understand this simple truth that the Lord is not obligated to bless what he didn't design. And if what we have now, if what we consider church is not the Lord's design, then we are in trouble. Now, within this study about a year ago, the week before Pentecost of 2020, we started slow walking through the book of Acts. And today we're going to return to that beautiful book of the Acts of the Apostles where in chapter 19 we find the Apostle Paul returning to Ephesus as he had promised that he would if the Lord allowed it. And on his return, he runs into a group, a small group of 12 disciples, and he asks this question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe. That's the way the King James Version puts it. And in the church today, that very question opens up an entire can of worms, if you will. It really, we've made it just be something that gives us something else to argue about. And so we are still fussing and fighting about whether the Holy Spirit is received at conversion when you first believe and are saved or whether Holy Spirit baptism is something that may occur after salvation and usually depending on our beliefs but depending on what our beliefs are beforehand going into that conversation will determine where we land in our response to that question there are those who say that every every believer has received the Holy Ghost at conversion that there is no subsequent receiving of the Holy Spirit after you're saved. That when you're saved, you are saved by the Spirit, you are filled with the Spirit, and you are baptized in the Spirit all in that same moment. And there is some, uh, there is some validity to this. We have to keep in mind, uh, there is no denying the work of the Holy Spirit in our salvation. There is scripture to back this up. You remember John chapter 3? There was that Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews named Nicodemus, right? And he comes to Jesus one night and says, Rabbi, I know that you're a teacher from God because nobody could do the things that you do unless he was sent from God. And Jesus tells him, you've got to be born again. You must be born of the Spirit, right? The work of the Holy Spirit in salvation should not be overlooked or undervalued. As a matter of fact, Paul said in Romans chapter 8, if any man doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ. Then he says over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 at verse 13, that by one Spirit we were baptized into Christ's body. <laughs> there are those who... Take the view that when you are saved, you are full of the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, you have all the Holy Spirit you're going to have. In this view that you have all the, the Spirit you're going to get, either a person has the Holy Spirit, in which case he's saved, or he doesn't have the Holy Spirit, in which case he is not saved. This view equates receiving the Holy Spirit with salvation. People who hold to this view, to this opinion, to this position will admit that the disciples had to wait 
to receive the Holy Spirit for 40 days, even though they had already believed in Jesus. But they argue that this was only because the Holy Spirit had not yet been given. But they tell us since Pentecost, this view holds, the Holy Spirit comes immediately when a person believes. But here's my question this morning. How do you deal with the fact on finding this group of disciples that Paul, when he comes to this group of believers after Pentecost, who were already disciples, who were already believers, he asked them if they have received the Holy Ghost since they believed. I know that I am walking through a theological minefield, but I'm going to walk heavy anyway. How do you deal with it? And I am not going to attempt to have a theological argument from the pulpit this morning. But this passage raises some questions for any student of the word. And certainly as we strive to look like what God intended the church to be, um, there is, let me see, this isn't the only example that we've seen of what it looks like when there is a subsequent Holy Ghost experience to, to salvation after getting saved that somebody has a Holy Ghost experience let me, let me give you some examples you remember when Philip went to Samaria just a few chapters ago in Acts he goes to Samaria, he preaches Jesus many received the gospel and were baptized, they got saved right, that's what the Bible says and then word gets back to Jerusalem back to the apostles and the apostles send Peter and John after these guys are saved they send Peter and John to lay their hands on them so that they can receive the Holy Ghost then when the Apostle Paul himself, when he's headed to, to, uh, to Damascus to persecute the church, to persecute Christians, when the Lord stops him on the road and he is converted, he is saved on the Damascus road, but he doesn't get the Holy Ghost, he does not receive the Holy Ghost until Ananias gets a hold of him. Ananias, who was not an apostle, for those who say that only the apostles could lay their hands on somebody and they receive the Holy Ghost. Ananias lays his hands on Paul and the Bible says that when Ananias put his hands on him, he said, Jesus sent me to you so that you could receive your sight again and be filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't write this stuff, I just report it. And then here in this passage, Paul asks these believing disciples have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed and in further conversation it is revealed that they have been baptized either by John the Baptist or one of his disciples one of his students and they understand that the Messiah was coming but here Paul gets the opportunity he gets the, 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 uh, the great privilege to, to explain to them that the Messiah has come and so they are baptized again in Jesus name and the Bible says that Paul laid his hands on them and the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Now I will let theologians and those who are smarter than I 
argue about the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. But church, all I can tell you is what I read. And what I read in this passage suggests to me that number one, there is a Holy Spirit. And number two, that it is possible that there are those who are believers who have not received fullness of or baptism in the Holy Ghost. I know I just lost some people and I just upset some others, but let me see if I can try to explain what I mean. Everyone who has been born, and that's everyone, everyone who has been born has had some experience with water. Every human being conceived first resides in a sack full of liquid. And when you were born, you were born out of water. But water resides in us. We are made up of at least 90% water. We were born out of water. We are made up of water already. You have water inside you already. But you also need to be filled with water. That's why the health professionals and nutritionists tell us we are to have, it used to be eight glasses, I think it's like 16 glasses now of water per day because even though you were born of water, even though water makes up most of who you are, you still need to be continually filled with water. And it's not a one-shot deal. You can't have water a week ago and then not have any more. And when you don't have the water that your body needs, your body starts reacting contrary. I remember, I'll never forget, one night uh, we thought my wife was having a stroke. We didn't know what was going on with her uh, colitis, you know, when, when, when she's in a flare-up, she can't keep anything down, and so she, it's easy to get dehydrated, right? But, but I came into the bedroom one night, she couldn't move her hand, and it, and it was all uh, shriveled up like that, and, uh, and she, she couldn't move part of her body, and we thought she was having a stroke. We called the, the ambulance, the ambulance came, took her to the hospital, the hospital, uh, the doctor looked at her, and the doctor said, you are not having a stroke, you're dehydrated. Even though you're made up of water, even though you're born out of water, you must be continually filled with what? And I've got some news for you. I got some more news too. You also need to be baptized with water. You don't believe me? Stop bathing. At least every now and then, even though you were born out of water, even though you are made up of mostly water, every now and then you need to be immersed in some water. What are you trying to say, Reverend? Yes, I know you've been born of the Spirit. Yes, I know you have the Spirit's DNA. Yes, I know you are a new creature in Christ, but you also need to be continually filled with the Spirit. That's why Paul said it in Ephesians chapter 5. Don't be drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit. Be continually filled is the way it reads in the original text. And saint, you also need to be baptized in, immersed in, controlled controlled by the Holy Spirit. 
I know this is a long introduction, but the good news is my sermon is all introduction today. <laughs> and I told you, I haven't come to argue about what that looks like because God is God. And we have seen already in the book of Acts that he is not limited to a particular method of doing what he wants to do. Can I show you this? Acts chapter 2, everybody was just sitting there. Nobody was laying hands on anybody. There was no line. They're just sitting. And the Holy Spirit descends on all of them. Look like cloven tongues of fire. Acts chapter 8. The gifts of the Holy Spirit were imparted by the laying on of hands with Peter and John. Philip was the one who preached to him. Why couldn't Philip do it? He performed all kinds of signs and wonders, the Bible says, because he wasn't the one that the Holy Spirit wanted to work through. Acts chapter 9, Holy Spirit was imparted to Paul by Ananias, a layman. And Paul was healed at the same time he received the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 10, Peter didn't have the chance to lay hands on believers. He was just preaching. And while he was preaching, the Holy Ghost came upon them and they began to speak in tongues. Acts chapter 19. As Paul is in Ephesus, he lays his hands on them and they speak in tongues and prophesy. In all these examples in the book of Acts, not one of them is exactly the same. I don't know why we keep trying to put God in our little box of personal preference like the only way you can get the Holy Ghost is if somebody puts their hand on you like the only way that you can get the Holy Ghost is if you stand in line like the only way that you can get the Holy Ghost is in the sanctified church like the only way you can get the Holy Ghost is in my little box listen let God be God and follow his lead I need to teach us today while I'm trying to give some biblical perspective, let me just deal with a, for a minute with the fact that when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and they prophesied. And we are still arguing over whether speaking in tongues uh, or, or, or with tongues, it's, it's the same, and prophesying is still relevant. We are still arguing about speaking in tongues. You know that miraculous phenomenon where the Holy Spirit controls the human tongue and allows one to speak in a language that they have never been taught. It is glossa in the Greek, a specific language of a people. Like in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost fell and all these people from all over who spoke different languages all these people were speaking in languages they hadn't learned but everybody understood in their own language and they were speaking praise to God and then Paul uh, refers to praying in tongues in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 he said if I pray in tongues my spirit prays but my mind doesn't know what I'm talking about so I'll pray in the spirit and I'll pray with understanding I'll sing in the spirit and I'll sing with understanding now, now where we've gotten off track is when we try to teach people how to speak in tongues listen if the Holy Spirit I, uh, listen if the Holy Spirit is giving utterance you don't have to take me into a back room to show me what to say
Reverend, I didn't know you believed in speaking in tongues. I don't hear you speaking in tongues. Let me say, I speak in tongues. I also read the word. And it is for my buildup of me. And unless there is an interpreter and I'll know by the Holy Spirit, then there is no reason for me to speak in tongues publicly in front of you. I'm just trying to teach the Bible. I don't care what our uh, charismatic tradition says and I don't care what our Baptist tradition says either. The Bible is right and there is a place for tongue speaking. <laughs> You don't have to be taught how to speak what the Holy Spirit is giving. I know, I know, I know I'm ruffling some feathers. I just want somebody to show me. Just somebody show me in the word where anybody was coached. if it is not of Holy Spirit utterance. Paul just laid his hands on them and they started speaking in tongues and prophesying. That word prophesying, it literally means to speak forth divine inspirations with the idea of foretelling future events uh, pertaining to the kingdom of God, to utter forth a thing which can only be known by divine revelation. Uh, the prophets of Old Testaments, they were seers, one who, speaking on behalf of God, foretells future events. According to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3, a prophet is one who speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort so there are three things going on here when Paul lays his hands on these people there is praise there is prayer and there is encouragement now <clears throat> there are those who will tell you that all of that has ceased that there are no more tongues that there is no more prophecy because 1 Corinthians 13 says prophecies will fail and tongues will cease and there are popular cessationists like uh, John MacArthur. You all heard him on the radio. Uh, he's everywhere, and, and I, I, I read him sometimes. I listen to him so that I can get a balanced view, you know. But there are very popular cessationists and some of my Baptist colleagues who will tell you that tongues have ceased, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I was reading John MacArthur, looking forward to today's message, and, uh, and when asked about a reasoning, and when asked to explain the whole concept of tongues have ceased, and, and why he believes that means that there are no more tongues today. He says it is simple. The Bible says tongues shall cease. The only problem is that they don't keep reading 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 where it says prophecies will fail and words of knowledge will fail because we only know in part and we prophesy in part but when that which is come when that which is whole is come then that which is in part will be done away with and they will tell you that that means when the Bible was finished being put together when the canon of scripture was closed that tongues ceased and prophecy stopped but you gotta keep reading so you can see what Paul was talking about and he says now we see dimly but one day we'll see face to face in other words when Jesus comes back when he appears when he who is complete shows himself then we won't need to prophesy anymore. I won't need you to tell me what he said. I'll be able to hear it face to face. I won't need tongues anymore. But until then, until he shows his face, there is no scriptural evidence that these have stopped. I know somebody has already pressed record on their computer so they can send it out to the entire Ohio Baptist General Convention. Send it, please. Send this message. Please. But what I really want to know, what I really want to know in reading this is what would prompt Paul to ask these believers, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? What was it about these disciples, these students, these believers? What was it that made Paul question whether or not the Holy Ghost was prevalent in their lives? That's all I've really been trying to get to this whole sermon. What was missing from the way they lived that made Paul question if the Holy Ghost was real to these saints? What did Paul see? What did he hear? What did he experience with these believing disciples that begged the question, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Did he hear them talking about each other behind their backs? Did he see them mistreating one another? or remaining silent while others were mistreated? Did he experience an absence of love? An absence of joy? Was peace conspicuously missing from their presence? Did he see their impatience with each other? Were they cussing each other out? Backstabbing each other? Did he hear blessings and cursings coming out of the same mouths? Were the preachers more concerned with money than mankind? Were the laymen more interested in women than in worship? Were the sisters more prone to pray on each other rather than pray for each other? 
What was it that made Paul ask the question? Have you even received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And there is a haunting reality for us today, church, as the church. If Paul were around today's believers, if he were to swing by the church at Mount Calvary, would he be prompted to ask the same question? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? If he were to walk anonymously among us, would there be any evidence that the Holy Ghost has baptized our entire being? Is there any evidence of the Holy Ghost filling our entire lives or do we just come and have good church and go on about our business? If we're going to walk out who we are, if we're going to be the church in these last and evil days, we must answer the question, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? I know you've been by Calvary already. You've heard what was preached. You've heard the gospel. You know that Jesus died for your sins and mine. You know that he was buried. You know that early on Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hands. But did you know that that's not the end of the story? Did you know that he went back to the Father? Did you know that he said, when I get there, I'm going to ask the Father to send another comforter. And the record is, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were gathered in one place, they were all on one accord, and the Bible says that suddenly they heard a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the place they were sitting, and looked like cloven tongues of fire came down and rested on them, and they all began to speak with other tongues all I'm trying to ask is I know you've already been to Calvary for salvation but have you been by Pentecost for some power have you got some power that will make you love even your enemy have you got some power that will give you joy even in the midst of your sorrow? Have you got that power that will bring peace while the storm is still raging? Have you got that power? Have you received the Holy Ghost that brings patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control have you received the real Holy Ghost that won't let you speak in tongues in the building and cuss me out in the parking lot have you received that real Holy Ghost that won't let you lift your hands in worship and ignore me when you get the chance to speak to me have you received the kind of Holy Ghost that will change your life from the inside out 
have you received the Holy Ghost who does more than give you goosebumps and inspire shout music? The Holy Ghost who changes lives, who makes sour folks sweeten up, The Holy Ghost who makes gossiping folks shut up. Who makes crooked folks straighten up. And slow folks speed up. And dirty folks get cleaned up. And stubborn folks that would give up. Aggressive folks back up. He makes lame folks get up. Have you received the Holy Ghost who makes loose folks tighten up? Drunk folks sober up. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Saints, and I'm closing my book. In this world, if we are going to be who we are, if we're going to be witnesses like Jesus said, that was the purpose of the Holy Ghost, so that you can be witnesses. If we are going to be witnesses, we cannot do it without the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost. And I'm sorry, but according to the word, it is possible to be saved and not Holy Ghost controlled. Now you can, you can argue about whether you want to say Holy Ghost filled, Holy Ghost baptized, baptism in the Holy Ghost, baptism of the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Ghost, filled in the Holy, you can argue about all the wording. Here is the gist of it. The Holy Ghost controls you. Does the Holy Ghost control your tongue? Does the Holy Ghost control your hands, your feet? Your... <clears throat> Don't worry, I won't get too close to you. I told the Lord, you know it's coronavirus. I ain't laying my hands on nobody. But at some point, we must become dissatisfied with trying to be in our own strength. And he has provided the power for our being. And that's the Holy Ghost. And so whether you have had an experience at salvation or post-salvation, whatever, it doesn't matter. Because if you have been filled, you need to be filled again. When your doctor asks you if you drink water, you can't tell him I drank water two weeks ago. If you've been filled, you need to be filled again. You've been baptized, you need to be baptized again in the Holy Ghost. You need to be immersed, completely immersed. Because the thing about baptism, right, when you bathe, when you are immersed, that's why we don't sprinkle. We don't sprinkle because that's not baptism. Baptism is immersion. Baptism is every bit of me gets covered. why I don't quite get 
that we are so quick to talk about how baptized in the Holy Ghost we are, but there's pieces of our lives that we haven't given them access to. How are we baptized into something that hasn't been affected by what we are baptized into? As Marianne went down into the water, she came back up every part of her. Right? Every part of her was affected by what she was baptized into. And so today, if you would, I just want us to ask him to fill us afresh. To fill us again. To fill us with his power. Fill us with his glory. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Baptize us again so that every part of our lives is affected by spirit. So we walk in the spirit and we move in the spirit. We talk in the spirit. We respond. We act. We interact. We react in the spirit so that so that every single part of our lives is done in the... That's what Paul said we should be doing. We ought to be walking in the spirit. We don't go in and out of the spirit. We live in the spirit and so if you can raise your hands would you uh, if you can't don't worry about it he knows what's on your heart anyway and just ask him fill me again or, or just fill me period just ask him fill me fill me with your spirit fill me with your power I'm by myself what y'all waiting on fill me ask him to fill you Ask him, ask him. It is his good pleasure to give the spirit to those who ask. That's what the Bible says. So ask him. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Lord, every part of my life, take every part of me, take my thoughts, take my tongue, take my walk, take my desires, every part of me and baptize it in the Holy Ghost. God, I'm available to you. I want what you want. Come, Lord. Thank him for his spirit. God, I thank you for the spirit that is responsible for me being born again. I thank you for being born of the spirit. I thank you for what you've already done in my life. Now, Lord, take and fill me again. Those who are at home, ask him right now. Ask him to fill you. Ask him to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Fill us, Lord. 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 Move, God. By your Spirit, fill us, God. Fill us, Lord. Fill us. He may want you to speak in tongues today. Nobody has to show you. Nobody has to coach you. As the Spirit gives utterance. So be it. Fill us, God. Fill us afresh, Lord. Fill us afresh, Lord. Fill us afresh, Lord. Fill us afresh, Lord. Here we are, God. Empty pitchers before a full fountain. Fill us. Fill us, fill us, fill us. Fill us, God. My daddy used to say, you don't always have to worry about saying no to stuff if you'll just say yes to him. Say yes to the Lord today. Yes, God. What you want to do in me, yes. What you want to do in my body, yes. What you want to do in my mind, yes. 
What you want to do in my mouth? Yes. What you want to do in my relationships? Yes. What you want to do in my finances? Yes. Yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, God. We say yes to you right now. Fill us, Lord. And then would you join me in just praising our God for the Holy Ghost? Come on, just lift up praise to him. Just lift up praise to him. Just lift up praise to him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost fell. And they spoke in tongues, but what they were speaking was the wonderful works of God. Would you just speak the wonderful works of God? I know nobody can read your lips, but you know what you're saying. Remind yourself of the wonderful works of God. Remind yourself of what he's done for you, what he's done in your life, what he's done in you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We say yes to your will, God. We say yes to your way, God. Hallelujah. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Here's my cup. Fill it up and make me whole. Come on, lift your hands to him. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Here's my cup. Fill it up and make me whole. Here's my cup, Lord. He knows you've been hungry. He knows you've been thirsty. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Here's my cup, fill it up and make me, make me whole. Here's my cup, fill it up and make me, and make me whole. my cup fill it up and 
make me I want to be I want to be whole here's my cup yes Lord hallelujah fill me up and make and make me whole that's why Paul said present your body a living sacrifice right here's my cup one more time fill it up and make me and make me whole I know I'm not the only one that this is their prayer oh here's my cup fill it up and make me I want to be I want to be whole anybody else broken today oh here's my cup fill it up and make me whole just want to be whole out of all of the places that you could be you choose Lord to make your residence in me you ride the winds of the wind heaven is your throne but by your grace and mercy you choose to make my heart your home and so I say mold me make me fill me and you 
use me. I'm available. I'm available. I'm available. I'm available. I want to be saved. I want to be right. And I want to be whole. I want to be whole. Use me. Fill me for your glory. For your glory.
Thank you for your power. 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 Thank you. eternity I have some really good news for you God loved you so much everybody the world without exception God loved the world so much that he gave Jesus his son so that whosoever that's anybody without exception whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life that is good news God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world through him might be saved. And if you're here today and you're not sure you're saved, you can be sure. Here's what the Bible says. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. That is the Bible. That's what it says. That's the truth. You're watching online right now. Same thing applies to you. Confess, believe, you shall be saved. You have not gone too far. You haven't done too much. You haven't been too bad. If you are breathing, you have an opportunity to get it right with God through Jesus Christ. The truth is you can't get it right with God without Jesus Christ. If you're here in the building and you want to give Jesus your heart today, you want to be saved today, would you just raise your hand so we can see who you are? Somebody will come to you if you're in the building and you're not sure you're saved and you want to be saved today just raise your hand God bless you I see you sir Ms. Berletta is going to come and explain to you about what that means and how you can be saved if you are at home and you're watching you're in your car you're watching and you know you want to get it right with God through Jesus Christ Put it in the chat. Send us a message. Let us know that you want to be saved, that you are confessing Jesus. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Let us know. Somebody will reach out to you today, and we'll show you what it means. And you can begin this new walk today. Let me encourage you, those who are already saved. Oh, I forget it every time. Maybe you're saved already, but you know that the Lord wants you here in this part of his body. If he wants you to be a part of the Mount Calvary Church, if that's you, you already know where you're going to spend eternity, but you know he wants you here. If you're in the building, raise your hand. Somebody will come to you. If you God bless you. God bless you. I see you. Ms. Berletta is going to come and get some information from you and give some, can give some information to you. God bless you. If you are watching... You're worshiping online 
and you know that you want to be a part of the Mount Calvary family, send us a message, put it in the comment section. We'll find it, and we'll find you and welcome you into the family. Let me say to those who are already believers, who are already saved and you know it, please don't underestimate the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost in our lives. He wants to do more than just help us to have good church. He wants us to help, he wants to help us live daily in his power. Don't be scared if he comes on you and nobody has touched you. Don't be afraid if your tongue starts doing stuff that you're not controlling. It's all right. The Holy Spirit still moves in that way. Don't be scared if all of a sudden you start seeing some fruit in your lives like love where you thought there couldn't be and joy and peace and gentleness and all that. That's just the Holy Ghost working. All right? We're going to pray continually to be filled. Let the church say amen. But I don't think there's anything else that I need to announce before we go. Don't forget to keep the Jackson family and the McCleskey family in your prayers this week as, uh, as they go through making arrangements and dealing with the passing of their loved ones, all right? Let's stand and we can receive the benediction. The deacons will be at the back door for those who are giving who are here in the building if you're online and you're giving you can use Givelify you can use Cash App I'm sorry I'm going too fast aren't I you can use Givelify on your phone that app you can use Cash App dollar sign M-T-C-A-L M-B-C or you can drop it by the deacons will be here for about an hour after service you can put it in their glove covered hands you don't even have to get out of your car thank you for your continued generosity. For those who are in the building, after we give the benediction, the ushers will see you out and Mountain Media will have a short video for those who are watching. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Let all the saints agree together in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. for your continued generosity. Your financial contributions help to transform lives, to reveal the glory of God's kingdom. For your convenience, you can use the Giveify app on your smartphone, the Cash app, or if you're in the Dayton, Ohio area, you may drop off your contribution at the Mount Calvary Church at the address shown. Thank you for worshiping virtually with us today. We look forward to being able to worship together in person soon. Until then, in the words of Pastor Sam, just live.